Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Hey, Mr. Lee Cohen, how are you today? Oh, Rick, it's been a trying week, and I know that's a weird thing to say (laughs) because it's the 4th of July. We had a couple of days off of work here, so it should have been great, but I've got to tell you, my dog, I have two of them, a puppy who is the happy-go-lucky, and then I've got the very smart Australian shepherd who has been absolutely <laughs> terrified out of his mind this whole week because of the sound of fireworks going off, and it just frightens him like you wouldn't believe. And what's really interesting, Rick, about the whole thing that had me just thinking, I don't understand what people don't understand, and that is that when you hear conversations that people have, you can literally hear across a lake because sound carries and literally amplifies off of water. So what do you think happens when you fire a whole bunch of fireworks <laughs> over same said body of water? And for those that don't know, Lee lives just off a lake. Yeah. So that, that didn't help your situation. It made it so much worse to the point, Rick, where we had a couple of days where we were letting him hide in the basement. We had a couple of days where we were trying a lot of different yeah, things. Yeah, and yeah. finally, I'm Bunk glad. down to between say, your legs. Yeah. yeah. The, the, Nothing good. Well, it just meant that I didn't get to watch the fire works outside. I had to watch them inside, (laughs) but that's okay. Uh, It's still fun to watch, but I just wish it weren't so darn loud. Well, I I am uh, fortunate that I didn't have any animals that were uh, stressed by this, and it was my first, um, uh, well, first where she was old enough opportunity for my granddaughter to enjoy uh, the fireworks, and we were out enjoying them in front of the pet store because we're not too far. Uh, you know what? Uh, that 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 child is not uh, gun shy. So you know she had she had more fascination and interest, and uh, I just had some of the best times just being able to spend time with her as she just kind of watched up at the fireworks, and she and I had just a connection. She was in my arms as they were going off, and it was it was one of the best holidays that I've had for some time. It was just very meaningful. She didn't nail you with a water balloon, did she? Well, she did have, uh, <laughs> there were two things she loved, water balloons, and she must have launched at least 30 of those, <laughs> some right at my feet, uh, and then those little caps, you know, little white caps that you have. Uh, yeah. One of the employees showed up with like a thousand of them, so she was just taking them, dumping them on the ground, and eventually she figured out she could just run around and step on them, so <laughs> she, she had a good time. Good. <laughs> Well, Rick, it's an interesting time of year because, again, this is something that a lot of people, you don't know what you're going to get sometimes because if you just got your animal, they've never experienced a situation like this where all of a sudden it starts to get very loud in a few-day window. And there are solutions that are out there. We're going to talk about a couple of them today. Our first guest that we're going to have on is Juliana Corella, who is the founder of Treatables. And Rick, what an impressive lady. Uh, They are literally 
among the first, if not the first companies to really get into the uh, pet category when it comes to CBDs. And they're prevailing probably better than anybody. So what's your experience with them? Well, well, the thing is, is um, over the last 10, 15 years, uh, especially since it's become legal here in Michigan, the reality is, is that it's, it's going from a cottage industry to a limited number of companies that are really establishing themselves in the marketplace. And this is one of those companies. And um, I'm impressed, at, you know, uh, that that they kind of must have first doggy paddled through the waters of, of everything that's going on and, <laughs> and now are on a full swim. And um, we have other products on the shelf that still probably represent that cottage industry and to, to some value, you know, there's some... Uh, we use we do Rikers uh, dog treats that use uh, uh, CBD, right. uh, and that one's nice and it's local. But this is one that kind of answers the calling, you know, throughout the United States and probably worldwide. I know I know they're prevalent throughout the United States, um, and I'm excited to have them, as in her, as in the CEO and Juliana, and, yeah, uh, to to be on the show and. Um, um, I think that the listening audience uh, will gain a lot of understanding in this kind of newly emerging, you know, therapy, if you will, for their animals. Absolutely. And then to give you uh, much more comprehensive view of different things that you can do. We have Dr. Will Schultz, who's been joining us quite a bit lately in the studio, and he will be in to talk about some of the other ideas in addition to CBD, which he he did bring up as well. So it's going to be a fascinating conversation, all of you, to listen to and to hopefully be able to make your animal feel more comfortable, uh, not just next year on 4th of July, but any other loud events that take place <laughs> this week on the Mid. Michigan FedEx for Talk Show on 1320 WILS. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan FedEx for Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us on the line a first-time guest. Her name is Juliana Carella, and she is the founder of a company called Treatables. Good morning, and welcome to the show, Juliana. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you. Juliana, can you explain to the public who may not be familiar with Treatables, I know Rick Bruce is, but for the rest of us out there, can you share what it is that your product is? And, and what they do and who they're for. Absolutely. So Treatables was actually founded uh, 10 years ago. We're about to celebrate our 10-year anniversary in September. And we got our start in California in the cannabis industry long before pet stores were carrying CBD products for pets. You know, a lot of change and development and awesome things happen over the last decade in this category. Uh, basically, long story short, we extract uh, CBD from hemp plants, and we infuse that active ingredient along with other minor cannabinoids from the plant into products that pets love. And uh, basically, we bring calm, balance, and ease to our pets for a variety of reasons that they need it. Well, we definitely want to get into that, and I think that's exactly why people are listening in. But I do want to segue to the side and I want to ask, now, I, I just need your reaction on this because I this particular field that you're in has to be very well-traveled and lots of um, startups and lots of 
um, trials and tribulations for many, many different companies. And yet here you are on the shelf in many, many locations and having a, a truly professional product there in front of everybody. I need to ask, was it quite the journey and how did you do it? You know, what's the what's the secret? Give it up. <laughs> well, the secret is you just can't ever quit. I mean, the fact is we've actually been in the cannabis and the hemp space for over 15 years because Treatables was an offshoot of another cannabis company I started called, called Auntie Dolores, and this was a human-based product. So we've been at the forefront of, you know, the legalization and most importantly, the acceptance of cannabis and hemp knowledge because, you know, let's not forget we're up against a hundred year history and uh, let's just call it uh, disinformation. It's been a very successful propaganda campaign against hemp and cannabis that's gone on for over a century. So our approach has always been let's teach the public the real truth about what this amazing plant has to offer humans and pets and animals everywhere, whether they're wild animals, zoo animals, rescue animals, you name it. Every single animal on earth has an endocannabinoid system. And that's what we're tapping into when we give these products to our pets. So for us, it's all about educating because we really had to educate the public on why CBD is safe, why we want to focus on CBD instead of THC for our pets. Let's look at this whole plant. Let's look at all the benefits that it has to offer and what's most appropriate for pets versus humans and, and what's most appropriate for each different condition that it can address, whether that's anxiety or seizures or you know, arthritis. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, these, these phytocannabinoids from the plant, they activate that animal's endocannabinoid system. And that's where really the magic begins. Well, let me ask this question because I'm curious, you've, you've mentioned animals and I'm wondering, is the impact the same on all animals? And what kind of differentiations do you need to make between species as well as in the same species, but by virtue of age or weight or size? I mean, I've got to imagine that there's lots of different elixirs for each of these different groups, or is yeah. there not? Well, yeah, no, that's a great point. You know, the, the fact is we really don't know how an animal is going to respond until we give the product. And I'll just give you a few different parameters that that we notice have a lot of uh, bearing on whether the product will have, excuse me, that success or not. While we do base um, the dosage on weight of the animal, we also base it on the severity of symptoms, okay? So you could take, let's just say we've got five different dogs and they all weigh a different amount Uh, but they all have different conditions. You could literally give them the same product and they're all going to benefit it, benefit from it a little bit differently. And the dosage that they require might be a little bit different. You know, we, we have a dosage range that is actually very generous because the beauty of CBD is it's a very safe compound. So it's really tough to actually overdose an animal on a product. The worst thing that's going to happen is they'll take a nice long nap Um, They might actually lose control of their bladder. But when we're talking about CBD, it's very hard to damage. (laughs) It's almost impossible. And I'll I'll even give you some statistics statistics on that in a minute. 
Um, but uh, we had a, a bear, for instance, at a, a wildlife safari up in Oregon that was using our product. The bear came out of hibernation and couldn't walk because this poor bear's hind legs were completely arthritic. Uh, they started giving about 125 to 150 milligrams of our product at a time, and this bear started running around like a bear cub again. So they continued to give it for, for a few years. Now, since then, the bear has passed. The wildlife safari really thought that the product prolonged this animal's life and also gave this animal um, just a more comfort, you know, a better quality of life for the rest of time that this animal was actually on Earth. So that was a beautiful story. That's one of many stories where you can see the product in action. Um, you know, you don't need to see all kinds of research behind it to see that this animal obviously had an amelioration of their symptoms by giving the proper dose. Well, when they started dosing this animal, they actually started off with a lower dose and nothing happened. So we encouraged them, give more and let's see what happens. This is the first time we ever had our product being used on a wild animal that we knew of. So we kept telling the safari handlers of this pet, go ahead and give more, give more. When they finally started giving 150, 200 milligrams at a time, that's when they saw it work. So, again, we kind of go back to our customers with all the things that we learn from our customers, and we share it with everybody else. You can't overdose your pet. Give more if you don't see the results you're after. If it goes beyond the, the weight uh, determination on the label, that's okay because, again, it's hard to, to harm a pet. You want to give us n- enough of the product where it's going to actually make a difference. Now, that being said, we've also seen very low doses work magic, too. So it really depends on the pet and the animal's state, what, you know, the severity of their symptoms and, um, you know, actually how much product you have on hand to give them. <laughs> right, right. And, and I'm just curious, uh, just for point of reference, for those that are new to even the concept of giving uh, CBD Give me numbers of what uh, a normal amount of milligrams of this product would be when you're not trying to treat a bear. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and this dosage range applies for all animals. Basically, it's one milligram for every 10 pounds of body weight, all the way up to one milligram per pound. So in the case of a 100-pound dog, you're going to give anywhere from 10 to 100 milligrams at a time, and you can give that, you know, up to eight times a day or more, literally. So it's a, it's a really wide range because of the safety level. I just want to circle back a little bit here because I know folks really want to understand, well, how much research has there been and how much data do we actually have? Well, we're members of the National Animal Supplement Council, and all of the CBD pet product producers that have the NASC seal on them, which is all the best products in our opinion because they've gone through this stringent process of being verified by the NASC. Well, the NASC has been collecting data from hundreds of companies just like ours. Every month we have to report to them if there's been any adverse events at all. So they've collected lots of data over a decade, okay? Over 920 million administrations of CBD pet products were given to pets. Okay, so that means every time a pet was given a CBD product, that was one administration. So we're looking at 920 million administrations. Guess how many adverse events there were in that many administrations of 
CBD pet products. Seven's my lucky number. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically less than 25. Okay? That's, that's so, pretty, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, phenomenal safety level. And again, you're looking at a truly holistic approach for treating a number of things that your pet might be going through. And this is why for us, you know, we tell folks, just choose the treatable product that you think your pet's going to enjoy consuming because the active ingredient is the same across the board. Some of our products have more CBD in it than others. Uh, we have soft chews. We have hard chews. I mean, it's really about just getting it into your pet's system. Sure. Don't sure. get too hung up on, you know, uh, which product should I choose? It doesn't really matter because it's all the same active ingredient in all the products. Yeah, and I would imagine if you had that many uh, people that uh, actually recorded feeding peanut butter to their dog, there'd be 25 people that would report some kind of an issue, if not more, yeah, just from exactly. allergies. So, Much more than that because yeah. there's so many allergies, the allergies. to peanuts these right, days. Right, <laughs> right, right. Juliana, my, my thing that I still can't wrap my head around is – how much does the age of the animal affect it? Because I think, too, a lot of the conversation, you mentioned the propaganda against marijuana, and they always said, oh, the human brain isn't developed until they're 21 years old, so you can't have young kids getting into that. And it's making me wonder, is the same thing true with CBD, with puppies and kittens, as opposed to something else, because truth be said, I can just imagine a lot of people with very active puppies who are wishing, oh, my God, can I calm them down and yeah. utilize CBD to do that? So what what is the research showing on that? That's a great question. I just want to draw a distinction between THC and CBD because I think it's relevant in order to answer this question properly. Yes, indeed, a THC in cannabis can harm a developing brain of a human child, no doubt. Now, CBD has a completely different profile because it is non-psychoactive, okay, and it, it doesn't have that same effect. And we're giving it to an animal. So anytime we give a hemp-derived CBD product to an animal, the part about it being hemp-derived means that the THC content is so low that it's actually non-detectable. And THC is actually toxic in most doses when given to animals. So this is why we use hemp for the pet products instead of cannabis so that we can be sure that when we're extracting that oil from the hemp plant, it doesn't have any toxic THC levels, okay? So that being said, you can absolutely give a hemp-derived CBD product to a puppy, and you're going to see amazing results for things like separation anxiety or any kind of anxiety, because a lot of puppies do have that. They've got a lot of energy. Now, we're not necessarily interested in taking away that awesome puppy energy that they have, because that's part of who they are, and that's, that's a normal development to have. Now, the flip side of that is when I leave the house and I leave my anxious puppy home and I come home and all my furniture is torn up, that's a different story. That's a type of neurosis that can be addressed with CBD. And this is where it's brilliant for dealing with separation anxiety, whether it's a puppy or a full-grown pet. If you want to find something that's going to address separation anxiety or any other kind of anxiety at all, in my opinion, there's nothing better than CBD. And the reason is because the endocannabinoid system, this receptor system within our pet physiology, actually controls 
the nervous system. And this is why we see such tremendous results with CBD for calming, because what it does is it actually activates that receptor system and it calms it down. Gotcha. It's not like giving a sedative to a dog, right? It's very different than giving a... It, when we give a sedative to a dog, they get drowsy, they get weak, they get tired. That's mm. not how CBD works. I got gotcha. you. CBD goes into the system, it activates those receptors, and it calms the system down. But it's not going to take away that puppy energy, that good energy that they have. It's only going to take away the anxiety and any disturbance to their nervous system at all. We're speaking this morning with Juliana Corella, who is the founder of Treta Balls, and we'll be back right here on 1320 WILS. It's 935, and we're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we've been talking this morning with Juliana Corella, who is the founder of Treta Balls, and we've been talking about CBD products, especially when it comes to trying to calm down your animals. Animals yeah, and <laughs> that that reminds me. Uh, be, before we even got started, uh, Lee was uh, you weren't part of this conversation, Juliana, but uh, Lee was talking about how his dog for Fourth of July spent its time quivering and in a a, a like a, a, a just a, a mass next to his his legs shivering um, just from the fear associated with the 4th of July. And I think there's plenty of people out there that have that same scenario where they have an animal in the house that just can't handle it. And uh, I'm just curious if this product, uh, because it does work on some anxieties, if it can work for something like, you know, fireworks. Absolutely. In fact, we get a huge uptick in sales right before 4th of July. We do lots of promotions because we really want to make sure that all of our customers are, you know, well-equipped with the product um, before 4th of July. You know, we, we do a whole thing where we write blogs and give lots of good tips. And essentially, you know, this is a great example of looking at the severity of symptoms and then increasing their normal dose. So let's say you normally give your animal, you know, 20 milligrams at a time. On 4th of July and leading up to that, we always suggest either double or triple that dose. So then go up to a 40 or a 60 milligram dose because, again, your your animal's <clears throat> whole nervous system is in a heightened state of alert, right? And so you have to match the dosage with that scenario. And that's that's where the beauty of this product is it's quite different from a pharmaceutical drug where, you know, there's going to be that toxic level that you have to cap out at and you can't give more than that. But, but CBD provided that, you know, it's in a product that's safe and all the other ingredients are safe and everything. Um, as far as treatables goes, like you could literally double, triple or quadruple the dose and you're going to see the results, but you're not going to see any negative impact there. Um, but, yeah, like we have three dogs, for instance, and we were loading them up on treatables one and two days before 4th of July, kind of doubling the dose. And then on 4th of July, we were up to like a triple dose for each of them. And, you know, our dogs were just kind of running around and just being themselves the whole day. They'd hear a, a, some fireworks in the neighborhood and they kind of stop and look around and then they keep playing. But it doesn't just debilitate them. Um so it's a great, great time to use uh, treatable <laughs> that 4th of July, for sure. I'm just, uh, I think for the listening public, uh, before we go too far, if they were to come into my store and see the product on the shelf, what does it look like as far as, 
you know, is it, well, I know what it looks like, but maybe describe to the customers in what form it is and um, what they would want to look for for their particular animal. Yeah, great question. So treatables, you know, we're pretty unique in that we're, we use the same active ingredient in all of our products. So we kind of educate our customers to just choose the product that their pet's going to like the most. And so that's why we make hard chews, soft chews, dropper bottles, capsules, etc. So if you go into a store, you might see the hard treats and the soft treats, which we're switching over to a bag. Those would be hanging like from the peg boards, right? And then usually stores will keep the droppers and the capsules um, either behind the counter or in a locked acrylic case. So it kind of depends on how the store is displaying these items, um, you know, because it is, you know, these are active ingredients and they're, they're more of a supplement type of product than just your regular old milk bones. You know, usually stores are going to feature these products in the wellness section of their store. So that's usually the first place people want to look. Um, but like I said earlier, any treatables product will calm down your pet. So choose the product that you think your animal is going to love ingesting. And that's, that's where you kind of go as and, far as choosing which product. And, and for what it's worth, there's different levels of amount in different choices. So, you know, it's yep. not just, you know, uh, where you'd have to reduce the amount uh, or cut, a, cut something down. I mean, you can get down to small amounts that's in each of the treats uh, to a yep. larger amount. Now, one yeah, thing that w- yeah, one thing that might help for the for the listeners is to um, at least understand what type of conditions specifically should we be thinking to reach for this type of product, and what type mm-hmm. of scenarios, if any, should we be like that's not what this is intended for? Okay, great, great question. So for <clears throat> for the marketing purposes of our product, you know, we, we really can't call out disease names because that's when the FDA gets a little um, worked up, upset with us. But, but, you know, long story short, anything that's disturbing, you know, the joints and mobility of your animal is something that, that is great. So arthritis, um, any type of injury, you know, you have a, an animal that's limping from an injury or from hip dysplasia. Anything like that is a great time to turn to treatables. Um, on the calming side, anything that's disturbing your animal's nervous system, whether that's seizures or anxiety or any other type of nervous system upset, that's another great time to reach for treatables. Um, and there's a whole host of other conditions that, you know, we're learning over time are also good to use CBD for. Some of the things that people want to use CBD for that I'm not so sure it actually works for would be things like aggression, right? Let's say you have a dog that has some aggressive tendencies. Well, if that dog tends to become aggressive out of fear or anxiety, there's a chance that CBD will help that animal. Now, if, if your dog's aggression is just simply a behavioral issue that they need some training on, the CBD could help when they're in training. And here's where I want to kind of draw another point. One of the awesome things about CBD, when it calms the nervous system, it will actually set your dog up 
to be in the perfect state of mind to become trained well. So if we've got a dog who has aggression issues, a lot of people ask, can I use treatables for aggression? We have to put it in the context that makes sense. And in this particular context, if your animal has aggression out of fear or anxiety, yes, it can help. But if this is just a behavioral issue, use treatables and get them some training and see how often they learn and are able to be trained when they have the CBD in their system. So, you know, it's almost like there's so many scenarios that these products work well in. If you're giving these products to your animals every day, you're going to see your pet is just happy and chill and still very active and not very aggressive and just a happy pet the way they're supposed to be without all of these, you know, problems with you know, anxiety or mobility issues um, and so forth and so on. So th- that's kind of a overview. And I hope I answered your question okay there. Oh, you did. I, you did. And and one more uh, thought. Um, there's this is a New Horizon product, really, if you think of a decade or two as being um, a very short amount of time. You're very ambitious, um, to say the least. Uh, I, I mean, I remember going to trade shows, and there are thousands of vendors. It seemed like it probably wasn't thousands. <laughs> and and here you are, you know, really establishing your 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 position. What's in the future for Treatables? Is there anything new and different coming up? Or are you really just trying to find a way and get to get market share and people to actually have this product accessible to them? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, Treatables, Treatables was the very first company out there with, with pet products. As I mentioned, you know, long before pet stores were in a position to carry our products, we were dealing with cannabis dispensaries in, in California. So, you know, like I said, we're just, it's all about education. And yeah, sure, we we do have a substantial market share in this category, but there's lots of other great products out there as well. You know, we always tell people, you know, if, if you're going to try another product, please at least try a product that has the NASD seal on it because, you know, we're dealing with a very strange regulatory environment where, you know, the FDA seems to be focused on things that don't seem all that important to us, and yet they're not focused on the really important stuff, like why do we have so much, so many hemp products <clears throat> coming into this country from China when China's soil is completely contaminated with heavy metal? And so... A lot of the CBD pet products that are out there are contaminated with heavy metals, and people don't even know it because they don't know that the product was derived from Chinese-grown hemp. So there's lots of things that um, you know we, we really want to educate the public on, and it, it doesn't always align with what the FDA messaging might be, and um, that's just the you know it's just the reality of it. Juliana, on, on that one, Juliana, uh, that just yeah. tells us that we need to get you back on the show again. But absolutely, we've run out of time, <laughs> yeah. and we really, okay. really appreciate your time. So thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. we've been speaking sure. this we've been speaking this morning with Juliana Carella from Treatables, and we'll be more than happy to have you back on again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Appreciate that. Our pleasure. And Rick, after the break, we're going to continue the conversation with Dr. Schultz with some more suggestions for keeping your animals safe. 
uh, during this period of time with lots of noise right here on 1320 WILS. Like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com forward slash MMPets. Upload your pet's picture or check out the silly pet photos that we put up there to get you through your day. I am the little red rooster. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us on the line Dr. Will Schultz from the Schultz Veterinary Clinic. And, Doc, we're so appreciative that you could uh, talk to us about this subject. I know around the 4th, you know, things get a little bit crazy for everybody with traveling and what have you. But we've been talking today about the issue of how do you keep your animals from freaking out just at all the noise, all the people, all the stuff. And I'd love to hear your feedback when it comes to what you've dealt with and what has worked for you and your patients. Well, in a lot of cases, one of the first things you need to be doing as you have a young pet, unless you just got a new one, is socialize your dog. Get your dog or cat. Now, it's a little more difficult to socialize a cat. But um, get them out. Get them going places, take them out, get them out of the house so they're not just a confined pet. Now, what does that have to do with Fourth of July noises? It gets them used to cars. It gets them used to noises outside. It makes them more accustomed to other people and other sounds. And then once Fourth of July hits or the holidays where we allow fireworks in Michigan, and in a lot of places in Michigan, it doesn't necessarily have to be a holiday. There will be fireworks any time of the year. Um, there are lots of things that you can do to keep them calm. And some of them involve like thunder shirts that we'll talk about. Some of them involve uh, use of CBD. And there are different calming things you can get. There are also calming treats for dogs that are made. And in the dog that is really, really upset, there are medications that we can give. We can use the Valiums. We can use Xanax. We can use um, a, a tramadol. They're not tramadol, but there are a couple of uh, drugs that we use that will calm them down mentally and physically. Now, do they all work? No. Um, some of them can break through anything, just like in people. You can give these medications, and certain medications that you give will have a threshold level. So if you are just below that threshold, they can hype up on it. So you give them uh, like an ACE promazine, a tranquilizer, and all of a sudden they're running all over the house. Every anesthetic that we give has stages that you go through. So as you go under anesthesia, anesthesia in a hospital, you are gradually falling asleep. But at a stage of that, if you're not all the way asleep, you can become hyper-excitable. So you have to be aware that sometimes that's the medicine taking effect also. What's going to also sound a little weird is that we have had experience, and you have to be very careful with this, giving dogs like root beer schnapps or cherry schnapps. And if you could see, everybody goes like, whoa, really? <laughs> um, if you put it in the refrigerator or the freezer and it's cold, um, they really don't taste the alcohol. But you have to be extremely aware that little children, this tastes like cough syrup. And it's extremely dangerous if you have small children in the house. But small amounts are very safe. They don't really get hangovers. They, they, they don't get upset. I mean, you can't give them too much. It's just like any drug. You have to be careful with how much you give. Is there a, like an idea of body weight per? Yes. So if we're going to use it, we would give a teaspoon per, say, 20 pounds okay. um, and try that. And we've, we've done it before. We had a golden retriever that would respond, and uh, he was actually partial to um, – beer, but um, on, on a day with, with really, really loud sounds, 
uh, he would get, say, two tablespoons, and he would just drink it all down, and a couple minutes later, he'd go, Dad, this is great. Absolutely do not give enough to make a pet drunk. That is not healthy. We've had this happen after somebody has a big party, and the dog, actually this happened, they were drinking a mixed drink, and they were playing a card game on a table, sitting on the floor. And the lady kept filling her drink all the time, couldn't figure out why it was empty, <laughs> and she never tasted the dog saliva in uh-huh. the drink. And dog saliva is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but the next morning, the dog couldn't move, and it was like a sawhorse. So IV fluids literally for the day, and the dog was just stuck. Uh, by the end of the day, the dog was all better. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but it's something that it, it's dangerous, and so are the if you get the ace promazine or you get the uh, the other tranquilizers to use those are drugs also that have to be kept out of reach of children uh, and if that drug hits the floor the dog eats the whole bottle you immediately call poison control or you immediately call your local veterinarian for help but but those drugs are maybe our last resort we we try behavior modification first and we've had on the show several people uh, that do behavior work and they do you can desensitize a dog yeah. to these sounds by working with them. I, I guess my question would be, just because I grew up in, in the country where hunting was normal, Guns are um, normal and, and some dogs can be hunters and some dogs are gun shy, is that at all a matter of exposure or is that more of just kind of a genetic inclination of having issues with loud noises? I think some breeds, just like people, are a little wired a little tighter than other ones, if you can take that. And they're they're going to respond more to that. But we've had dogs that are country dogs that are hunting breeds, say like beagles or hound breeds, that are completely gun-shy as puppies. Mm-hmm. And um, so there are training methods to break them of that, to get them used to the sound. And you start with a little small sound or even a little a cap gun going off or something like that. But you, the whole thing is desensitization. And that's the hard part with 4th of July. How do you desensitize before 4th of July? Every, no, it's not going to happen. No. Now, aside from dogs, which we've talked about a lot today, what about birds? How, how do they respond to the noise issue that's out there? Because I would just imagine that they would be very well, frightened. Certain, but well, they are a, um, you know, a... a, a they they are the type of animal when there is something to be afraid of, they fly away. Right. They don't confront for sure. So certainly the anxieties associated with that are, are are obvious. When birds go home to new environments, it's so critical that they are in a calm, quiet, kind of somewhat isolated from a lot of the room activities. Uh, birds can actually respond in such a way. We had this not too long ago where there was just a bit too much commotion and they ended up with, um, is it enteritis? I don't, I'm not sure, but it was, uh, talking to our vet, it, it was a fear-based situation, GI, GI tract. It happens to humans all the time. Yeah, and, Same and, thing. and basically with a small bird, yeah. a very small bird, Dangerous. It, it, the bird perished yeah. because of the fear and the fright associated with a new surrounding. So yeah. certainly noises or unfamiliar noises to any bird, right. you have to think about what were they? What were they like? You know, raising up as young as, as young birds. What kind of atmosphere? It may not be helpful to be out in front of God and everybody with big windows and such, True. because they may not be familiar with that. And then certainly noises like that right. in the community could be a real problem. And one thing we didn't hit on either is cats. Yeah. Well, the other thing we we're just going to bring up too, as far as that, 
um, in your house, if you have fireworks going by nearby, there's a flash and a boom, like lightning and yeah. thunder. Yeah. And taking your dog down in the basement, have a TV in the basement, have a radio in the basement, uh, go in the basement where most basements have accesses to outside with windows, but you don't see that bright flash. And that's the same thing with the cats. Cats, cats are good. They'll go hide under a bed in a heartbeat. They, they tolerate it, but yeah. they need the place to go. That's the key. Yeah. And so if your dog's not used to being in the basement, you can use a different room in the house. But typically, your basement is the most uh, sound-insulated part yeah. of the entire house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but that's where people, I think, need to think, though, because what happens is so much today people are entertaining outside. They're wanting the animals to be outside. And right. frankly, this is just a time where— Get inside. <laughs> Get yeah. inside. You really yeah. need yeah. to think yeah. about that in advance of your event yeah. so that the animals aren't all left alone in the basement while everyone's partying outside. Yeah, yeah and, and music being played on the 4th of July, the last music you don't want is the 1812 Overture. But <laughs> the other music, if you have something moderately loud going on, they're used to you having noises in the house, but that's not booming noises. It's subtle noises. Um, and, and those all help to give them a um, – it's the, it's the quiet room for kids. I mean, you, you, you have the kid gets all hyped up. Take them to their quiet place. Right. Well, there's no question about it that it's an issue that uh, people are going to continue to deal with during the summer uh, as it goes on because people just do enjoy their fireworks, but they're not always sensitive to how it affects your pet. So we need to think about that. Today, hopefully, we've given people an idea of what to do regarding it. Doc, thank you so much for joining us for this. Meantime, Rick, we're just out of time for this week's show. Uh, We'll be back next weekend to talk all about great issues uh, far and wide when it comes to animals and pets. Uh, All of you have a great weekend and a great weekend. We'll talk next weekend on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Meantime, please, please take good care of your pets. Have a great week, everybody. If you're out of the listening area, you can hear the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show live online. Go to 1320WILS.com and click on the Listen Live link.